0: Welcome to Doe, a podcast where we discuss cases of John and Jane Does.
1: I'm Kat. And I'm Allie. And full disclosure, this is our second go around with this because the first one just was how
0: it was. We bad. fucked it up. We, very <laughs> we we, fucked it up. Yes. <laughs>
1: mutually agreed came to the same conclusion we texted each other we were like should we delete that one yes but it's also been like months since we we did it so we remember nothing about each other's cases so it'll all be brand new anyway because we're both goldfish okay so I'm starting this time first I have a correction kind of from the last episode where I was talking about facial reconstruction so I found my lecture notes by accident and it turns out it's called facial approximation not estimation but they're basically synonymous so i don't think it matters and so this week's new forensic fact there's a lot of debate between the difference between sociopath and psychopath because that was differentiated between back in the day but nowadays Uh, sociopath is becoming less correct term and the correct term now is successful psychopath so it's a psychopath and successful psychopath so a psychopath would be like Bundy someone who is a psychopath who's also murdering and carrying out crimes While a successful psychopath would be like Donald Trump as far as we know he hasn't murdered anyone but he's a psychopath probably I have a question yes Have you seen American Psycho? I have not, but he would be a psychopath because I know he just, like, kills a lot of people.
0: Okay, so even if he wears a business suit and he, like, has the veneer of, I'm successful, that is not a successful psychopath. Yeah, you
1: could be, like, just living at home with no job or anything. But if you're not killing people or doing awful things. But you're not, like, carrying out on your psychopathic tendencies, you're a successful psychopath. So that's the forensic fact for this episode. So my cold case takes place in Toefield, Alberta. On April 13th, 1977, Mr. and Mrs. McLeod visited an abandoned property they owned in Lynbrook, Alberta, which is just outside Toefield. When they looked in the septic tank, searching for a pump, they found the decomposing body of a murdered man that investigators later dubbed Septic Tank Sam because 70's cops were really bad at naming things, I guess? Or they're just like,
0: hey, he's in a septic tank! We're just gonna name him Sam. Like, why Sam?
1: Just. It's alliteration. Is it though? Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> investigating officers described his death as one of the most vindictive and sadistic crimes that they had ever encountered. The remains had been so badly mutilated that it was months before the Edmonton medical examiner could determine whether the body was male or female. Oh, which is. That's bad. Yeah, because even when a body's, like, been decomposing, there's still identifying features. Yeah. But this, it's... And also, it wouldn't take this long in modern day because now with the field of forensic anthropology, it wasn't a thing back in the 70s, or at least not like it is now. So now it would be mutilated, you would deflesh the body, and I'm getting a little graphic here, but then you would look at the skeleton mostly, especially since it's a full body, you'd be able to determine it was male pretty quickly. But back then, I'm not really sure, they probably had to call in like a physical anthropologist or something. I don't know how they determined, but some months later they finally figure out um, that it was male. So the man had been tied up, beaten, burned with cigarettes and a small butane blowtorch and sexually mutilated. He was then shot in the head and chest, rolled up in a yellow bedsheet tied with nylon rope, and dumped in the septic tank. The killer, or killers, tried to dissolve the body with limestone, but it instead helped to preserve the body, which seems to happen a lot. Like, I think you have to add maybe water or something else to lime, limestone, to dissolve a body, but a lot of the times, killers will just, like, kind of dump the lime on the body, and all it does is preserve it. Which is great, because then there's more evidence, so keep being dumb. Keep being dumb, criminals. But yeah, so all of that, and when they say, and then he was shot in the head and chest, so it kind of sounds like all of that happened before he was killed. So it's like overkill,
0: and to me that seems like it's like a very passionate, angry... Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's a bad one. So he had dark hair, probably short, judging by the clay bust, and he was about 5'5 to 5'7, somewhere between 145 to 165 pounds, and 26 to 40 years old. He was initially identified as of European ancestry, but in 1979, a forensic pathologist determined him to be of Aboriginal descent. And let me pull up his picture... So this was, I think, the original clay bust. And so here's kind of the step-by-step of how they developed it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so they put these, like, little pegs, and then they add the clay. This is the American method. Uh, There's also the Russian method, which is more artistic.
0: Right, because they're basically saying that, like, your jaw has this much depth, so its
1: skeleton looks like this all. So, like, nowadays we use kind of a mix between the two, because with, with just the American, it often doesn't look human... Like this one's pretty good but yeah I was gonna that. say
0: this one you can kind of see how in the third one they've kind of done that and then I guess in the fourth one they've kind of made it look more human
1: I think this is a newer one they added a baseball hat for unknown reasons interesting I don't was he found with a baseball hat? no okay so there we go, that's, that's our guy. His skeleton revealed that he still had all of his teeth with some fillings and he had suffered an illness around age five, but we don't know what illness. Uh, there was evidence of recent dental work and his dental records were sent to over 800 dentists in the area, which is a lot of dentists for a tiny town in Alberta. That area has got to be massive. It's got to be a big area rather than just
0: local. I feel like instead of area, they probably should have just said province. Yeah, yeah, I
1: hope so because that's a lot of dentists. dentists. People Um, in
0: Alberta have very good teeth, apparently.
1: Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I have no evidence of that. Well, they have 800 dentists. Well, okay, fine. (laughs) Uh, And his dental records were also published in dental magazines and nationwide bulletins, but nothing was found. So this case taught me that dental magazines are a thing, mm-hmm. and also that you can find stuff about cold cases in dental magazines. So what
0: you're saying is we should really brush up on our dental magazines.
1: Yes, we need a prescription wait, subscription.
0: I have a weird thing about teeth. I just think they're really weird, and they're like bones that are inside of they're your weird. body and outside of your body, like it just
1: freaks me out. That's okay. I went to the dentist today. Oh. Because shining my teeth are. Yeah. So yeah, nothing was found, which I guess partly is super surprising because 800 dentists all across Canada with the magazines and everything, recent dental work. You'd think someone would be like, oh, I Oh yeah, he came in like a month ago, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how dentists work, but I just assume they remember these things.
0: Well, here's my theory. Maybe it was a mob hit and maybe the mob went to the dentist and they were like you cannot talk about his recent dental work i am completely joking but it could actually happen <laughs> you're like, like I, was, I was like
1: not serious but totally serious yeah <laughs> you never know do we have a mom in alberta we must i think the moms everywhere yeah i mean we have them in toronto so i'm anyway.
0: nodding which is a really bad thing to do on a <laughs> podcast okay so here's what he was
1: wearing He had a white or gray t-shirt beneath a blue Levi's work shirt with snap buttons, along with blue jeans and gray wool socks, and his shoes were knockoff Clark's Wallabies, which I have a picture right here. So the most 70s outfit ever. He had the Canadian tuxedo on.
0: Basically, like, that is
1: the 70s in a nutshell. So investigators think he might have been a farm laborer or construction worker, likely not a long-term
0: resident of the area and that makes perfect sense because if it's such a small town they'd be like oh that's joe from the
1: blah blah yeah like they would totally be like oh we totally know him or we know like friends of his or family like somebody would know something like not to paraphrase another podcast i was just saying (laughs) the same thing but yeah so whoever killed him was probably familiar with the area since they seemed to know the property was abandoned and therefore would, no one would look in the septic tank because you don't really expect someone to be coming along looking for a pump in a septic tank and I really want to know what led to the search for the pump. Yeah, that's a whole other story. Like That's a whole, that's a whole story that I would really like to know because what? I could ask my grandparents. They have a septic tank and there's a pump in there. I'm a complete city girl, so I have absolutely no reason why that's up a well that's pretty cool. That's I know it is eh? really good water. It is really good water so considering the violence of the murder, they likely knew their victim because you rarely hear about murders, random ones like this that are that violent.
0: Yeah, there's definitely um, emotion involved with that unless it's
1: like a serial killer or. Something.
0: Yeah. And I'm just, I don't know if we're in, like, the discussion part of this yet. We are. Oh, sweet. Okay. So, I just get the feeling that this was more than one person
1: that did this. I think so, because I don't, like, especially if he was, like, a farm laborer or construction worker, he would have been strong. And it's the 70s. I don't want to bring up a bummer topic, but this is
0: a podcast about it's a unidentified bodies. Topic. It's already a bummer topic. But to me, also, I get a big old notion that there could be, like, homophobia in this, and it could be, like, a hate crime. Oh, the sexual mutilation. Yeah. There's
1: also a theory, kind of, bumping around the town of pedophilia, but I don't, without any evidence, that's kind of a really, really strong accusation. Yeah. I feel like this is more, maybe, the homophobia thing. Racism. Yeah. That, too. I think there was a huge racial aspect to this, because... Completely.
0: That, to me, that makes sense. Also... Oh, I was gonna say something. Oh, another thing is that if it was one of these things where it was a hate crime, it could be that somebody knew and a whole group of them knew, but nobody said anything. Oh, because they were all like, "We're sworn to secrecy," because we all knew that
1: this happened. I hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, like a bunch of guys at the bar. Yeah, like he pisses them off somehow. They take him out to yeah. like this abandoned place and like. And it would make sense with, like, the complete overkill and the torture, that's more likely to be a group of people. Again, I'm nodding. I need to stop that's that okay, habit. That's nodding too. But yeah, because it's more like, because you kind of, like, egg each other on. And there's one, it's just one person most likely isn't going to do that yeah. unless there's something seriously wrong with them. And since there haven't been any other cases like this in the area, this seems like an isolated incident yeah, rather than... Does. A, like a string of escalation or anything so yeah a, i think it's a group of people who just went overboard
0: yeah that is overkill um so i guess my question is and you've probably already said it so i apologize like is there a dna like how solvable would you say this case
1: is i don't know if they've done dna Because it didn't mention... Because the RCMP website where I got a lot of this information doesn't mention if they've done DNA testing. So I would hope, but the problem is cola cases have no priority. Because DNA can take years. And it's also, like, a cost, too. It's it's expensive. There has to be the resources. Uh, There's so many cases in Canada. So they prioritize, obviously, the more recent ones because... Those are the most solvable. Those are the ones where there's people, like, like family members who are demanding answers. So cold cases end up being kind of shunted aside unless there's, like, a ton of pressure. Like, with the Golden State Killer, like, there was pressure to test that DNA. Right. Different country, but same, same principle. Idea. So if they do DNA, there is a possibility. But again, DNA relies on, like, it would probably be familial DNA here because, 70s. They didn't take DNA because that wasn't a thing at the time. Right. So it would probably be familial. What would you, you would need is um, someone committing a crime or... So wait, so they didn't
0: take DNA of this guy? Not that I know of. So then how could they ever match the DNA?
1: They would need to go get DNA from his bones. Oh, okay. I was yeah. just being silly there. That's then. okay. You, um, teeth are the best. Oh. Teeth that are still in the jaw. If you pull them out, that has uh, the—that's a really good one. When I was doing my field school, they kept taking the femur, the femora, a lot. Um, Plural of femur. Fun fact. That is a okay. It's not not a fun fun. fact at all. It's also not really applicable to
0: any. I will probably use that fact once in my life. (laughs) Good drinking fact. It'll probably be on
1: this podcast. (laughs) There you go. Um, like robust bones were their favorite. Because I think, because just there's a lot of material there that they can test. Right. Um, so it's it would be first if they can if they had the resources to get a DNA sample from him, if they were able to then isolate DNA from that sample, and then if they were able to get a match to anything in any of the databases in Canada. That's a lot of hoops to go through. And plus, it's assuming he's from Canada. It could all he could also be from the states. That's true too. The only
0: really way that this could really be solved to me it sounds like, unless they do the DNA, is if someone talks mm-hmm. and I don't see that happening. No, but
1: You never hopefully, know. Though. Hopefully someone talks, someone finds, I don't know, documents like of confession, deathbed confession. Always hope for those that are actually true and not someone just lying. Something and also it would just they would need pressure generally in order to like cold cases rarely get solved unless there's pressure or chance. Right. So yeah, that's septic Tank Sam. Well, I hope somehow that gets
0: solved. So I guess I'll do mine now. Yeah. I am not as organized as Caitlin, so I hope there's not too much. It's okay. I've written a lot of essays. I did not. I went to film school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We did not write that many essays. I did an English degree. It's all
0: essays. (laughs) Mine is the John Clinton Doe or the Rock County Doe. This guy was found, skeletal remains, in late November 1995 in Clinton, Rock County, Wisconsin. Uh, and he was found along Turtle Creek. So he was a complete skeleton found by a hunting party in a remote, dense area that was owned by the hunters. So it sounds like it was, like, on their property, but, like, it was such a huge property that they didn't know. They just,
1: like, never had come across him before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it can happen. Um, so he was articulated... Face down, which means that all of his bones were in the place that they would have been when he was alive. Yep. Everything's where it's supposed to be. Yes. So, like, the hip bone is connected to the thigh bone.
1: The thigh bone's connected to the
0: knee bone. Um, okay. So, uh, he was covered by a denim jacket, and he had his hands over his head, which, to me, I'm picturing, like, the... Hands over your head. It's the they're cops. behind. Behind. Yeah. Like behind your yeah, head. Yeah, like when people are, like, sprawled when they're waiting for yeah. the cops. So, they initially thought that he died fall-winter 1994, but modern science puts the death closer to summer 1995, which means about five months before they found him. Okay. Um, homicide is unlikely. There were no trauma or other causes known just super
1: weird that his hands were like that, though. I
0: know, but I'll come to this point later, but it could also be... It could have been cold. could have been... He was trying to shield himself from something. If it was me out in the wilderness, even if there were no bears for, like, 500 kilometers, I would still be terrified. Uh, uh, Yeah, you would be. I could see that.
1: I've terrified other people with how terrified I am of bears (laughs) in places where there are no bears. My elementary school had... A fence around the property to make sure no bears got in. Oh, God. I went to school kind of in a forest. Yeah,
0: I would not be <laughs> well involved with that. And here's where you kind of get to see more of his personality. His t-shirt that he was wearing, it was a Venom, like the heavy metal band t-shirt. And it said, Welcome to Hell. And the copyright on it was 1987. So, I don't know if they were, like, if they were still manufacturing those, but I don't even know if that has anything to do with anything of this guy. But I just found that interesting. That yeah, so it could have, is... like,
1: gotten an 87 or could have inherited or, or just bought it in... at a thrift shop or yeah. whatever.
0: Or sometimes they keep saying copyright, but then do they? they're manufacturing it. It's kind of like how
1: books say that. Oh, right, because they'll do, like, the copyright and then, like, a reprint or something. They'll put mm-hmm. another one. Yeah. I don't even know how that works. I have a Pink Floyd shirt. So this is copyright, like, 1960. 70-something.
0: Yeah, so it could be like that. Either way, I don't really know if it matters at all, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, So it's got, like, a pentagram and a goat head on it, and he was wearing gray camouflage pants and a flannel jacket um, that was plaid, and some websites say that it was one color and other websites say it was another color, so some websites say it was, like, red, and some other people
1: say it was blue. I kind of think red's more likely. I think so too. I mean, it was the 90s. We were all about red flannel. and I'm still all about red flannel.
0: So he was also wearing size 34 Bart Simpson boxers. Uh, Okay. um, And Nike Air Tennis shoes. And again, only one shoe was found.
1: I don't know if you know this, but did they find both feet? Or was like one foot gone?
0: It says it was an almost complete skeleton, so I feel like the foot was gone, but I don't want to say for sure, because I can't remember. Yeah, okay. So, uh, he could have been on hallucinogens or drunk, but they did not find cocaine, codeine, or morphine in his body. He also had this really interesting pendant, which I have a photo of, or I guess Namus has a photo of.
1: Oh!
0: Um, so it's like this goat's head pendant that's like a fork that's been manipulated into, like, the horns, like the curly horns, I think. And... Or I thought it was yeah, curly ear. horns, but maybe it's ears. Well, I haven't so seen a had... goat in a
1: really long time. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Let me see if I can find you a picture of a goat. Okay,
0: thank you. I feel like a very goat, large city person right now. Goat. That's a goat. Okay, so it's ears. <laughs> it's <laughs> not the curly horns.
1: I guess I was thinking of like a ram. Yeah, because all oh, I was like, at first I thought ram ears, but... Wait, horns. But I'm like, no, he's already got the horns. So this is
0: a very interesting pendant. And they went around and talked to all of the potential jewelers in the area. Has this guy bought this from you, etc., etc. et cetera. And they didn't find anything. No leads. So around his body, I guess, were cigarette butts, a Budweiser lighter, a Carmex lip balm, and an Aquatech watch and you can go on the name of site again and see all of these in their 90s glory yeah because
1: i remember those time. i think mine was like vaseline or whatever but yeah. it was in that weird little tube but I...
0: and the budweiser lighter Proud to be your bud yeah so please check the local metal circles and found nothing but again like septic tank sam that
1: could be a cover-up there's also... He could have been, like, around for a show or something. He might not have lived in that area or something. Yeah. It's just...
0: It could have been, like, Grateful Dole where he was kind of transient, mm-hmm. and, like, people only really knew him by maybe his first name or something. I guess as they were talking to people, they got the story that some witnesses reported a guy on October 16th, 1994, in his 20s, in similar clothes in the area where the body was found, and he was dubbed River Guy guy um so there's a composite eyewitness sketch which i'll pull up right now so this guy he seemed drunk he seemed really upset and distraught and he was trying to climb up an embankment and fell in the water a few times and he was like telling people to go away um he said he was a fugitive that was like wronged by a woman named mary <laughs> it's just so a wild story break got
1: rejected and something was happening
0: and i personally don't think he was a fugitive I no, think, oh my god, I no. I think that was just a drunk guy being like,
1: yeah, I'm scary! I'm sc- I'm a fugitive. Government wants me.
0: The commonly believed fact is that the river guy is our dope. I
1: would definitely say that, yeah.
0: I think so. So this gets tricky when you factor in the recent research that maybe he died later because... Or was it died earlier? Summer? So this was October 1994. Yeah, and then the recent stuff said summer. Summer 95 and they found him in November 95. So this would have been almost Thank a you. year earlier, which I don't know if I'm getting this wrong, but it seems like that does not really compute. And here's a question, if it was October 95 and I do have this wrong, he would not be a skeleton a month later, right?
1: It's real well, I mean, there's a lot of factors that contribute to complete skeletonization, but if he was like completely articulated and everything, so the it probably didn't have scav scavenging he was probably like, pretty well preserved. Yeah, and scavenging would speed up the process, but right. it sounds like he was just kind of left alone to decay, so it makes way more sense October
0: 2014
1: to me. 1994. Yes. Just, just that a one. 20 year difference there is fine. A 20 year difference. <laughs> yeah, it makes more sense October 1994 than it does summer. And also, again, with tests of like when someone died, they can be completely inaccurate. So it all depends, again, environment. Uh, the person themselves, it there's so many factors, and honestly, forensics doesn't know enough about it that it can be really used as, like, what's the word I want? Definitive.
0: Right. So that bodes well for this theory, then. Yeah. I feel like there's not much definitive in this case. Um, but I do feel, in my heart of
1: hearts, that river guy is this guy. The same. Because, I mean, like, how many guys wearing the same outfit were in that river? Right? Like, freaking out with their bud lighter and
0: also he was in the river so maybe that's why his hands were around his head because he had like hypothermia and he was like trying to get warm or something i think this is river guy and hypothermia got him but in 2010 a detective traced the pendant to a jamesville artist and he said he made and sold similar pendants to dozens of people could not be traced to john joe that's exactly what i said before i hadn't, you hadn't said that yet oh, okay that's so new information yay um, in 2014, Smithsonian Institute scientists did an isotopic analysis of Ardao, and he spent a lot of time in the Midwest or the Great Lakes area, so like Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan. And also, um, I find isotopic analysis super interesting.
1: And It's I- the coolest thing so ever, cool. I swear. It's so cool.
0: So if you don't know what isotopic analysis is, it's basically like they... Correct me if I'm not getting any of this right. I'm so that the chemistry of forensics. Oh my god. um, I just got this from, like, the internet, so... That's fine. Okay. it's You basically take, like, little atoms in your teeth or, like, your hair, and you can, like, figure out where that person was based
1: on the isotopes, which I don't actually know what isotopes are. Yeah, I think it's, um, they look at strontium from the teeth, and it's to do with what's in the water. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, because, like different water in different areas is kind of different. And
0: your teeth can tell you like where you've been throughout your whole life but hair is only like a couple months. Yeah right?
1: yeah hair is not that accurate for like anything. So they're probably going through his teeth.
0: But that kind of brings me to my next point. I guess the hair doesn't disintegrate because they knew that he had long
1: dark hair and a beard. If you look at if you go to the ROM and look at the mummy there oh, he boy. still has his hair. I'm always more interested in the fact that his toes are slowly falling off. That's my favorite fact. He's yeah. got like
0: five right now I think. So. So a lot of people are doing really good work on this case on Web Sleuths, and I have to shout out to Jack Fries, Jack Freese, who's on Web Sleuths, and he's also River County, or sorry, River County is that Rock what it is? Rock County, Rock County. He's the Rock County Deputy Coroner, and he's posted on, I think he's posted on Web Sleuth. He's posted all oh, his wow. stuff on NamUs. He's, like, doing everything So this is kind of like his pet case. It's totally his pet case, and he's doing such good work. I find this case so fascinating just because it's kind of silly, but, like, I probably would have been friends with this guy.
1: I would have had a crush on him. I'm oh, not Oh, completely. Lie. Okay, so here's the photos. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. He's just,
0: like, he looks like, kind of looks like he could be on the brawny paper towel thing in the oh my god sketch, right like like brawny is Bronnie like man. teenage years or like early 20s yeah so there's i can't remember if this is someone on web or this is jack frice but they're looking at um homes like foster homes in the area that he might oh. have been aged out of because he's of that age i don't know if i said this but he's like in his early 20s or teens
1: yeah because the thing says 17 to 20 Yes. Yeah. So, it's probably his... Then, yeah, that would make sense.
0: Yeah. And his DNA is submitted. His fingerprints are unavailable, but his dentals are. Obviously, his fingerprints are unavailable. had no skeleton. Because he had... It was his skeleton. Yeah, so just to put this... Like, I'm so date-oriented, because, like, I like to... That's okay. I appreciate that. So, if he was 17 to 20 years old, he was probably born from 74 to 78. So, that's kind of... the birth date that you're looking for.
1: Oh yeah, he would have been about my sister's age. So that's about when my sister was born. And also dressed like that, actually.
0: I was just thinking today how jealous I am of people who were teenagers in the 90s because the music was right. so good. And the fashion was awful but great at the same time. Here's a note from Jack Frice on Sleuths. Witnesses reported that he was wearing what he was found in in 1995 in October 94. So I think that... It's the same guy, which I also said. He did say that. He, and also, they didn't rule out psychedelic drugs. Yeah, because so... you mentioned
1: earlier that they, although they didn't find anything, they thought maybe hallucinogenics, because, what, they only tested for, like, three things. Yeah. So, I think... And also, if he was, like, drunk and on drugs... And hypothermia? If there was hypothermia. I'm sorry, bud,
0: but that's really...
1: Yeah, I just—it's just such a weird position to like. Was he stretched out? Was he in a fetal position? Like, I really want to know more about because it's just he that makes in. no sense to me. Maybe it was like this.
0: Maybe he was like covering again his face. People can't see on a but podcast. like if he was lying
1: face down like this, he could have just like passed out. Yeah, I mean I've done that—not the passed out, but like just put my hands like that because reasons. <laughs> I honestly just have so much empathy for him, and I don't
0: know what dying of hypothermia is like, but I just hope it was, like, peaceful. I mean, when you fall asleep, it is. Yeah. I mean,
1: so. it's it's actually one of the more peaceful ways to go. Yeah, because it sounded like he was having a bad time. Also, I was oh, a, Yeah. Oh, I thought you said he wasn't having a bad no, time. No, he was having like, a bad time. I'm pretty sure he was, he was having, having a, a bad time.
0: time. And I also was reading some stuff that that area was kind of known for parties, or it was close to an area that was kind of known for parties so it wouldn't be unheard
1: of for like a drunk guy to be in that area anyways i think it's about all i have but one thing i'm thinking of like if it's river guy and he was like freaking out about mary or whatever yeah it i'm just like so i guess it wasn't like never came forward and said hey i'm mary i'm mary uh this dude or my boyfriend or sunday's boyfriend or just dude went missing
0: yeah i guess not and I guess if
1: he was part of a foster home, they wouldn't
0: know that he was missing
1: Like if he'd aged out. Or even if he'd like run away or something. Because that happens a lot.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I think everybody should go take a peek at this NamUs page because it's got some really
1: interesting photos. Still so want me to do my salt one? Yeah! Okay. <laughs> so to end on an optimistic note, as usual, I am sharing the story of Cherry Doe or Marguerite O'Brien. So, on August 3rd, 1985, 30-year-old Marguerite O'Brien was killed while trying to cross Valley Boulevard in Fontana, California. She had no idea in her purse, only scrap pieces of paper, and 12 pennies. Along with her turquoise earrings, they were entered into evidence. Marguerite became Jane Doe, number 1385, and was buried in the potter's field where I did a field school a few years ago
0: and I've seen photos of this field school and it looks freaking awesome I always live vicariously through Caitlin's... it is forensic stuff
1: a massive field, it's right next to an active cemetery so we had to be very careful not to like really give away what we were up to out there, because it's a I can't remember if I talked about this last episode, but it was in use from like 1908 to 2008 um, and it's indigent people, so like Transient uh, Jane John Doe's um, there were also children buried there. We don't really have a context of where they came from. Or even just if you were too poor to bury your relative in the actual cemetery. So we had a mix of like known and unknown. And we had to be very discreet while working there because since it went to 2008 and there were a lot of murder cases, it's quite possible that people who caused the murder were still alive and could be in the area. Right, so we weren't allowed to talk about what we were doing outside of the field school. That like, seems super we had to be,
0: duper like, sensitive. Also, just looking at the photos, it looks like it was 120 degrees. It, it was just so Get hot. that vibe from the photos. We were
1: supposed to wear long sleeves the whole time, but after day one, they were like, "Just wear t-shirts." Yes, yeah. we were. We were all dying. Yeah, was let's bad. not die of heat stroke. I mean, that's the field school where I ended up getting. De- I got heat stroke and had to go to the ER in the oh, states. Oh god! Oh god! The sketchiest ER. It was so scary. That's terrifying. I got the IV. My TA came with me and the hospital staff was just like, well, why did you come with her? You don't need to stay. She was just like, she's Canadian. And they were like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I guess Canadian is code for like small child.
0: Naive small child. (laughs) Naive small child.
1: But yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. Yikes. So that's the context of Potter's Field. So she was in
0: that cemetery.
1: Yeah. So this wasn't during, this wasn't one of the bodies that we took DNA samples from. I think this was from the 2010 field school. I was there in 2014, or at least not, maybe not field school. They may have just done an investigation at the time. So she was one of the unmarked graves. She was eventually nicknamed Cherry Doe because she was killed near Cherry Avenue, proving that sometimes you can do good names for does. Yes. And not septic tank Sam because I will never get over that.
0: Also, I nearly put into my search bar earlier Don Joe, which Don yeah, Don Joe be a name
1: for a John Doe. There we go, Don Joe. <laughs> So the Jane Doe Network posted Marguerite's photo and a volunteer made a composite sketch of her, but no progress was made until a DNA sample was taken from her remains in 2010 and entered into the national database, which was what the point of the field school was. We were taking DNA samples from all the bodies that we excavated to try and identify these people. Wow, that's awesome. Five years later, Marguerite's family submitted DNA samples at the Salem Police Station, and in a matter of months, there was a match. Fuck yeah, science. Right, so like, if they had, if this had been something they could do right away, it would have been solved so fast. Yeah. During the previous 30 years, Marguerite's family had been unaware of the free DNA testing offered by NamUs. Wow. Or even the extensive network of websites and volunteers dedicated to identifying does, so something like Websleuths. They had no idea this was a thing.
0: Well, I guess unless you're like us and interested yeah, in like, this stuff, you, there's no re- Like, I don't go look at, like, baseball websites because I'm interested in yeah, baseball. Yeah, because it
1: never really even occurred to me until, like, now that, like, Websleuths isn't this thing that everybody knows about, or not everybody knows about name us so the Jane Doe Network, or just all the resources available. Mm-hmm. In the fall of 2014, Marguerite's sister Eileen was watching a show about missing persons and went online to find out more, discovering NamUs during her search. Since Marguerite's disappearance, her family had submitted missing persons reports in Malden, Everett, and Plainville, places where Marguerite had lived, but no one had ever mentioned DNA or online resources for missing persons. So at all these police stations... Nobody said anything. No one, not one person said, hey, have you checked this? Have you done this? Which seems like it should be a requirement in training. It seems like there should just be, like, a sheet of paper that they can just give people that's, like, like that's so simple. Like, how, like, crisis helplines. There's a, you'll get places where it's just, like, a list of all your crisis helplines. Just like that. Or even a bulletin board that said, hey, are you missing somebody? Look at this Just, like, a standard thing. Yeah, just across the board, everywhere. Like, just submitting a missing persons report, give them a sheet saying, here are resources. Yeah. It just baffles me that that was never information they were given. So, after Marguerite's daughter, Nicole, graduated from college and married, she hired a private detective who spent two years searching with no results. Eileen and Nicole even visited psychics who all said Marguerite was dead and buried, which, great guess, psychics.
0: Yep. Nailed
1: it. Nailed it. But you can see how desperate they were. Yeah. Just That's really
0: heartbreaking
1: that they could have... Oh, I know. That's what... Like, I love this case for the fact that it ended up being solved, but it just makes me so mad. The whole in between. So in 2004, they added Marguerite's name to the gravestone of her parents in Malden's Holy Cross Cemetery, because by this point, they assumed that she was no longer alive. Right. Finally, on the night of April 23rd, two Salem officers arrived at Eileen's house and told her that they had identified Marguerite, bringing the family's search to an end. And so now I have background on Marguerite herself. During her life, Marguerite had been a bit of a wild child. She was one of nine children, and Eileen disca- described her as a tough, adventurous tomboy. Marguerite eventually began experimenting with hallucinogens, which eventually turned into an, adic- dic- sorry, an addiction. That's very interesting, just because I didn't think that you could get addicted to hallucinogens. Oh, yeah. you, well, people think you can't get addicted to pot, but you can.
0: Yeah, you can get
1: addicted to anything.
0: But I, is it
1: more of, like, a psychological addiction I think so. than, like, an actual physical one? I think so. It's... Yeah. I think a lot of addictions like that, like, there's some where it's a chemical thing, but then there's some where it's a psychological thing. Like, you just become addicted to... Kind of like people who grew up in the Depression kind of become addicted with saving money. Like, it can be yes. considered an addiction because sometimes it goes to crazy lengths.
0: Yeah, that's As true.
1: Those of us with Depression-era family members can attest, I'm sure. My... Yeah, you. just a note for everyone, you can get addicted to literally anything. Anyway, after graduating from high school, Marguerite married and had a daughter, Nicole, who I mentioned earlier, but her marriage fell apart and she ended up in a series of abusive relationships, which... Seems to be a common hmm. thing when so- with someone with addiction. It got so bad that Marguerite's best friend taught three-year-old Nicole how to call for help when Marguerite was oh. being beaten, which is honestly the most heartbreaking thing I've that heard. That is so sad. Like, it's just, like, a three-year-old, like, <laughs> you're three, you don't need to deal with that. And also, like, a three-year-old barely knows how to fu- create a functioning sentence. Oh my god, that's so sad. And, yeah, so that that one was just, ugh. That shows you just how bad her situation was. Yeah. So when Nicole was five, Marguerite decided she couldn't probably take care of her anymore and left her with an aunt, probably Eileen. I didn't have the name, but since Eileen's showing up so much in this, I think it was her. yeah. Which honestly is, I think, a great move by her. Yeah. It's mature. It's mature. It's super responsible. It showed that she loved her daughter because she wanted her in a safe, stable place while she dealt with Everything she was dealing with. So, for seven years, Marguerite moved around a lot, but still kept in touch with her family. She always called on her mother's birthday and she kept in contact with Nicole, always saying she missed her and that Nicole was living a better life with her aunt than what Marguerite could have provided. Sometimes Nicole was able to visit her mother at different halfway houses, and one year at Easter, Marguerite showed up, showed up with a new husband. So, they must have thought, that, you know, kind of optimistic for things like things are gonna get better but marguerite never stayed and nicole was frequently disappointed and angry when marguerite would promise to visit and then cancel which is of course understandable because like she's a kid her mother isn't there she probably felt like marguerite had abandoned her and didn't love her but really marguerite did like clearly loved her i just want to emphasize that so much
0: yeah Parenting's hard. I'm just in sidebar. I'm very happy. I just have plant babies
1: right now. It's hard raising my three cats. I They're bet. idiots. I have dumb cats. Rivers is a little. Oh, River. Bless, bless her, mutated heart. She's very cute. I love her. She's so dumb.
0: We should post photos of River on. The I think website. all of
1: them. Just all yes. of my idiots. And your plants. You <laughs> yes. should name them. <laughs> I need to my plants. name your plant babies. <laughs> So, in 1985, that's when Marguerite went missing, Marguerite called Marianne, her other sister, and asked to be picked up at a nearby truck stop. But when Marianne arrived, Marguerite wasn't there. After waiting for a while, Marianne returned home to a voicemail from Marguerite, saying she was running late. So once again, Marianne drove to the truck stop and waited, but Marguerite never arrived. Unlike Eileen and Nicole, Marianne would never know what happened to her sister. Cause she died. Yeah, that was the night that she was hit by the car.
0: Oh God. So she,
1: it wasn't like she flaked or anything. It wasn't. Something else came up. It's she was on the way to the truck stop. And was hit by a car and died.
0: Hmm. so sad.
1: That's just. This is just like a tragedy all around. Yeah. So this is like one of those cases. There was no like ho- it wasn't a homicide. It was nothing like that. It was just something that could happen to anybody. Just getting hit by a car, but you don't have any identifying information. And this is extremely like my solved case. It is weirdly like yours, it's and ex- it was not on purpose at all. No, I completely believe it,
0: but here, here's the thing. If I can learn anything from these two cases, it's...
1: Always have identifying always information. Always have ID. Your, always, 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 always. Like it, Carrying ID is not a po- it can't be used for positive identification just because people could have fake IDs. People could be carrying other IDs. I have a couple of my parents' old IDs in my room because the pictures made me laugh. <laughs> but it at least gives you a starting point. Because, like, with um, Ruff, like she yeah, had... Glory, Erica,
0: Ruff, who I could talk about forever. We, we have to do
1: an episode just about her.
0: She's going to be my solved, even though she was... I guess she was unidentified, but not in the in way a way, Like, in the same
1: way of Lyle Stavik.
0: Yes. Two cases that I'm super duper just... No, we're
1: just gonna... We're gonna dedicate an episode yes. to, your, to your cases
0: My there. pet cases. And I do have to say, other podcasts have done Lyle Stevick, specifically Thinking Sideways. Hi. Um, but we haven't done Lyle Stevick.
1: It's true. And that's what matters. So yeah, that's our two unidentified and our one identified. And our forensic facts. And, and our forensic facts. And now I have to come up with more forensic facts, because semester is now over and i have a summer to myself
0: i'm a little nervous that you're gonna just have like 170 facts the next
1: i don't i might just have facts nothing to do with forensics (laughs) just facts just
0: facts well i guess we'll talk to you guys next time yeah okay
1: bye